Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Weather is supposed to be nice this week. That's great if you're playing some golf, but eventually that weather is going to turn. So if you want to keep your golf game fine-tuned, highly recommend you go to Optimum Golf in Park Hill or in the Rhino neighborhood. I've been to both places, love going to both places. Just a great virtual golf setup there. You can play all kinds of courses from all over the world. You can host a private party. They also have leagues and tournaments. Terrific award-winning pros and an indoor putting green to make sure your golf game stays in shape. And right now, we are going to help you out. We're going to give you a $100 gift certificate that can be used for one complimentary golf lesson with my guy Kyle, or you can use it as two hours worth of virtual golf. So what a great opportunity to keep your golf game going even when the weather is bad go to optimum golf or book your tee time today at the optimumgolf.com if you want a hundred bucks to go to the optimumgolf.com optimum golf in park hill or the rhino neighborhoods give us a call 303-831-1340 303-831-1340 first caller going to optimum golf time now for the lead the lead presented by sasquatch casino in blackhawk Okay, Mace, uh, Drew Locke met the media yesterday because he played in the game. He was asked about what kind of pressure he feels to try and make a play when the offense is struggling. When you're losing a game, it's hard not to feel as a quarterback that you need to go and do it yourself. Um, That's kind of the personalities I think we all have. Um, And the longer I'm in this, the more I realize that the really, really good ones can balance both. being the ones that are going to have the ball in their hand and take care of business and put a team on their back, but also knowing when to kind of let the team carry him for a second. Um, There's just a lot that goes into it, like you mentioned, but um, it is in my DNA to go out and try to do a little bit more than I'm probably asked of maybe, Um, and it's something that i got to realize when the time is there to do that. How hard is that? It's tough. It's tough, but that's the type of player I am. Um, And I just got to figure out how to manage it a little bit. What do you make of the final part of that comment where I try and do a little too much? I mean, he's not wrong, but it's it's his third year. He's lost his job as a starter because of that tendency. Lost his confidence. Right. And when he's had the chances to go back out there, he's fallen into the same trap. It is who he is as a quarterback. And if he's going to be a viable option, it's can you live with those mistakes? And mo- and almost every team, is, as far as being a starter, is going to say, 
No. And even as a backup, what are you expecting and hoping for from a backup, right? Steadiness? Hey, if we have to throw the backup in there, let's try to go two and two for four games. Let's keep this thing afloat. And he's still, I mean, it's, and he says it's in his DNA. I mean, he's kind of accepting who he is, but the problem is who he is as a quarterback isn't a long-term path to viability in this league, even though he has all the talent in the world in terms of in terms of raw ability. Generally speaking, for a lot of athletes, when they're at lower, lower levels, whether it is Pop Warner, and I'm talking about football, high school and college, generally speaking, you, you are one of the most talented guys on the field. Not, not the most one of talented. The, I said one of the yeah. most. That also means you can get away with more mistakes mm-hmm. because your raw talent will carry you through. Drew Locke is nowhere near that right now as an NFL quarterback. Not even his talent can get him through. The problem is, is the processor in his head. And he says the right things, and I believe him. I don't I don't think he's I didn't think I don't think he walked up to the podium yesterday to try and sound self-aware. I believe that he is self-aware. But at the end of the day, when the game is moving fast, all of those things that you are thinking about in slow motion when you have a chance to really think about it and digest things, yes, you're saying these are things I can do better. But when the game is moving that fast, you're thinking I got to make a play, I got to make a play. And he doesn't have self-control over himself. And that's where he gets into trouble, where he feels he needs to do more than he needs to do. I mean, Vic Fangio touched on it yesterday, talking about maybe should have handed the ball. Not maybe. He should have handed the ball to Javante Williams. Javante Williams is a better football player than Drew Locke right now. Mm-hmm. Give it to the guy who's a better football player than you right now. That's the better option. Just is. Like he, he mentioned elsewhere in the press conference that Mike Shula tells tells the quarterbacks, let the professionals handle it. As in, we have professional running backs. When it's time to run the ball out of the zone read, let them do it. Hand it to Javante Williams, hand it to Melvin Gordon, hand it to whoever's there. And he saw something where he felt like he could do it himself. I mean, what what's the thing that we often have said about Drew Locke and when he's gotten in trouble, he's tried to play hero ball. Usually hero ball is trying to make those off-balance throws and just wing it when he's in trouble. He was able rely, to do that at rely, lower levels. Yeah, rely on the arm talent. He did it at college. He did it, he did it in high school. He did it at Missouri all the time. But there were also, I can tell you from watching Drew Locke at Mizzou, there were a lot of times where the hero ball thing got him in trouble. Right. The gri- led, led to mistakes. Now, not not as many as in the NFL because the defenses weren't of the same caliber. But, uh, you know, Locke had a reputation and the numbers and the data and the performance backs it up that most of his time there, he would have big games against the Missouri States and Yukons and Idaho's of the world. And it was less fruitful when he went against the high-level SEC competition for most of his years there. I have a lot of empathy for Drew Locke in, in this sense. When you look at a guy like a Jamarcus Russell or a Jeff George, tons of talent, they were not self-aware. They never got it. Right. I, I, I don't want to say that about Drew. 
if he was sitting across from me, as hard as it would be for me to say this to him, I would say this to him. Unfortunately, from what we have seen, you are limited. This is the analogy I'm going to use. When I was a kid, I played chess at a very high level. Mm -hmm. High level. Like I played state champs. I was that good. But the reason I was able to do that was I was able to think six, seven, eight moves ahead, Mm -hmm. meaning I could move the pieces in my mind on the board. And you can anticipate what your opponent was going to do. And I knew what I wanted my opponent to do, so I would put them in a, a certain situation to get them to do what I wanted to. It's it, it, it's the saying, you're playing 3D chess, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a very slow game in which you have time. Peyton Manning is a thinks 12 moves ahead, right? That's mm-hmm. what made him so great. Who's a more physically gifted player, Peyton Manning or Drew Locke? It's Drew Locke. The problem for Drew Locke is it's not his fault that right now he can only see three moves ahead. It's not his fault. That's just the way his processor is in his head. It's unfortunate, but it's true. And that's why I think his career might be limited. We are all wowed by the physical gifts and the throws. He made some throws yesterday that were simply fantastic. Rookie year made some throws that were simply fantastic. But then he doesn't think enough ahead and doesn't see a safety crossing here. Doesn't see this there. Doesn't see this there. And for all the arm talent he has, there's somebody on the other side of the ball who's just as smart as him, Mm -hmm. and they see what he's about to do. And that's why he throws interceptions. And they've studied him. Yeah. And they 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 tend to know where he's going sometimes before even uh, Drew Drew himself knows where he's going and what he wants to do. There was uh, somebody brought up to me last night said, "Hey, Drew Locke has the ability to be successful in the NFL. The physical and, ability. Yes. Here's the thing. I and I said no. He has the raw tools in terms of he's got the arm talent. Correct." Ability, though, encompasses what you have mentally, what your process is. And it's is, not to suggest he's not making. smart, right? Because that's not what this I'm implying. A, but it's quick thinking and, and seeing what's and seeing what Correct. a defense is throwing at you on a play to play basis, and it's an ability to avoid putting your team in avoidable bad situations, and that's the key thing: bad situations that are avoidable. On that op, on the read option, for example, obviously we've been better off handing Devonte Williams, but what would even been still a better option than what happened would have been to realize that okay, he made the wrong he made the wrong call. He's beaten on the edge. Cover the ball, protect it, take the take the Peyton Manning self sack as it were, and go on to the next play, knowing that you're still in field. Your goal to go. You're in field goal range you're still accomplishing a positive by making sure you don't have the huge negative, which is what ended up happening. At minimum, he cost his team three points. And that could have changed the entire outlook of the rest of the game. Let's use other sports and football as our example. Okay? Everyone would expect every quarterback to have at least two incompletions. Right? Yes. Everybody would expect in basketball, no matter how great you are, to miss two shots. Sure. Totally understandable. But you can't have two interceptions. 
that number two is mm-hmm. magnified. Yeah. And as you and I have talked about before, I don't think he has enough game awareness where he didn't understand the circumstance of what the scoreboard said, where he was on the field. You take less risk in that situation than you would if it's the opening drive of the game and it's 0-0. It seems to him, in, in my opinion, watching him for all of these years, every situation for him is the same situation, and it's not. Yeah, and it's funny. It's not just late in the game, but just in the red zone in general. One of the reasons why the Broncos did not commit to another year with Drew Locke was because not only of his penchant for turnovers, but where they happened on the field. You think back to last year against the Chargers, he threw a red zone interception. He had a he had a red zone interception also against the Kansas City Chiefs. Both of those were early in the game in the first quarter. But in both of those cases, the game potentially goes in a completely different on a completely different path if he just eats the ball, throws it or throws it away, not costing his team at minimum three points. Someone tried to tell me on social media last night that Drew Locke's mistakes haven't cost the team points, and I'm thinking, are you crazy? A big part of the problem is that he does cost the team points when he makes mistakes. Yeah, That's why right now he's not a viable starting quarterback. You know, I'm not trying to make a comparison here. Mm-hmm. Although it's going to sound like I'm trying to make a comparison here, and I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Paxton Lynch had a ton of talent, but he just didn't care. Just didn't care. Drew Locke, I believe, cares. He wants to get better, but unfortunately, I think he is limited. Right? Paxton Lynch, four touchdowns, four interceptions. Career completion percentage, 62%. Drew Locke... He has 24 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. His career completion percentage is 59. And we haven't even gotten into the fumbles and lost fumbles that he's, that he's had, which you add to essentially turnovers. Their, their numbers are essentially the same, although we have a bigger sample size of Drew Locke. But they are two totally different cats. I think Drew Locke does care. I think he wants to be better. I just think he's limited. Mm-hmm. Paxton Lynch didn't care. Yeah, one bit like Jeff George didn't care, and and Jamarcus Russell didn't care. You think? I mean, Drew Locke said something about how he has to work twice as hard as a backup, and how he, he rehearses things on a little patch of turf in his basement. That's not the kind of thing Paxton Lynch ever did. No, he was playing PlayStation, yeah. and I'm telling you, that's not an exaggeration because his cousin told me he did. And that's why it's unfair to ever compare Drew Locke to Paxton Lynch. I know some correct. fans do. No, that's correct. That is completely unfair to Drew Locke. Coming up after the break. At right at right before the third quarter started, the sideline reporter for CBS reported something that Vic Fangio said about the offense. And I was I was sitting in my couch and I'm thinking, did Vic Fangio really just say this? Mm-hmm. Is he really that out of touch with what's going on? And is this really the biggest the, the big problem with Vic Fangio that he doesn't understand what's truly going on around him? He doesn't see what everybody else sees? What did he say? That's next. Who's to know if your soul will fade at all? The 
21 years old to fool the world You lost your self-esteem along the way Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Don't you love those things for the holidays? The, the popcorn, it's got the caramel corn and the cheese corn and then the regular popcorn. And what you want to do is have a bite of the caramel corn and the cheese corn at the same time. Here's, it's a really nice melange of flavors. Here's the thing about popcorn, though. Here's the thing about popcorn. <coughs> Pardon me. And I'm watching Danny here do what everybody does. He puts as much in his mouth as he can. Why can't we as a society put one piece of popcorn in our mouths one at a time? It's the same thing with pretzels. It's the same thing with potato chips. You get the big and you just jam it in. And it's so bad you have to actually tilt your head back so nothing falls on the floor. Well, it's not an efficient use of a bite if I'm just doing it one at a time because I have more teeth than I need for just that one piece of popcorn. I suppose that's one way to look at it. That's that's what I'm going to tell myself. Okay. But like when you go to the movie theater, you start with when you go to the movie theater, you start with small handfuls. And by the time you're halfway through the bucket, you it it's like if your hand could be bigger for any reason it would be for popcorn. And you're jamming it in your mouth and it's spilling all over the side. Of your mouth, and then you get up from the movie theater, and you have popcorn all over your shirt. I'm, I'm guessing you're going to tell me, Mace, this never happens to you. I can't recall it happening to me. Never. You're, I'm not going to say never. You're one bite at a time. I no, I have a that. few. I have a few, but I, I the thing with popcorn is I tend to kind of eat it slowly because it gets stu- the pieces of the kernels get stuck between my teeth. Uh huh. So you like, always have dental floss ready to go. I wish I always did. Some, you know, sometimes I'll just find a toothpick or something. No, don't use a toothpick. You know what I love? What? So I can't use dental floss because my teeth are so tightly wound together. I use those. You little... tightly wound? Never. I know that seems hard to believe, but my teeth reflect my personality. But if you ever use those um, <laughs> dental picks, yeah, those things are the greatest invention ever. Mm-hmm. First of all, why are you sticking? wood in your mouth oh i agree wood and then what if you get a splinter and it gets caught in your gum oh my god right i live for those dental pick things but they're plastic 
well, they're plastic with little ridges to get into your teeth. Right, but so they, so basically, they're, they're you, not. Are they biodegradable? I mean, mean it, one it, advantage of the you wood mean tooth, is it good for the environment? I mean, one advantage of the wood toothpick is it's biodegradable. Well, you could take your pick from the, the the dental pick and you could put it in the recycling bin too, can't you, Mace? What do you have to say to that? Hey, good. If you can do that, great. I do do that. Excellent. Yeah, I'm I proud think, of you. Well, you should be. So, with that, of those three things of popcorn, those <laughs> holiday tins, which one do you gravitate towards more? The cheese, the regular, or the caramel corn? The cheese. Really? Love the cheese. Yeah, I, I like the cheese, too, but it's all over your hands. You, you can't get, get it off. It's like a rash. You go wash your hands. You go find a sink... Uh, Every that's time? what I was using the cup for. No, so after, that I don't have to even put my hands yeah, on it. Well, there, yeah, that's a great idea, Danny. But yeah, like you know, I have the popcorn, and then when the snack is done, I get up and wash my hands. So you'll sit there. So if you have a big bowl of it, you're sitting there with nacho cheese all over your hands. And let me guess, you have napkins with you too. Your shirt never comes into play. Well, I mean, sometimes it's there. We go. Down your shirt. Yes, you probably need a beach towel around you. Yeah. It's okay. It happens. Sometimes food is messy, and then you have to get a na- get a napkin, get you know, get a towel, whatever, clean it up. Is a napkin a habit for you, Danny? Like when you have dinner or lunch, is it a habit? Like you, if I walked into your house and I saw you eating, one hundred percent of the time there would be a napkin there. I wouldn't say a hundred percent of the time, but pretty high, like ninety five percent. And then I a lot of the time I don't even use it, but. I always have it well, next that, to me. That defeats the whole purpose of having the napkin, doesn't it? I'm such a clean eater. I just, I don't need it, I guess. Or maybe I don't think about it. But I was always raised with napkins on the table. Okay. Well, what if you're eating in the living room? Yeah, I'll still usually have a, a paper towel, a one section of a paper towel next to me. Oh, do you bring out the whole roll because you're a bachelor? I don't do that. No, I don't do you that. sure? Yeah, the roll stays in the kitchen on the little, uh, on the little stand for it. Yep. Okay. And Mace, are you 100% napkin guy? Because you're a clean freak. You're kind of a germaphobe. Uh, sometimes I use towels. Oh, my God. Towels? Like, like little hand towels? towels you no, strap it around your neck no, when you're li- eating ribs? Little hand towels. And then you, I, I got this from... Hand, you mean, she, mean those wet naps that you get from the barbecue no, place? No, like actual at home... You use your own towels. As I have napkins. some kitchen towels. Yes, sometimes I use them as napkins. I got napkins. I got this idea from okay. uh, you know Shakespeare's Pizza in Columbia, Missouri. Okay, where they didn't have when I was there, they didn't have paper napkins. They had just towels, little hand towels that you'd grab, and that was your napkin. And then you, you know, put them. You know, it, it, there was a little dispenser, kind of like when you go to a gym. And like, or you go to a, like a pool at a hotel, and they have a little bin that you put the towels in, and then you throw the towels in there, and they wash them. Okay. Now, here's the sixty-four thousand dollar question. Okay. So you're using hand towels when you eat instead of napkins. Sometimes, yes. Okay. Sometimes I use napkins. Sometimes I use hand towels. When you use the hand towel, uh-huh. is it washed one hundred percent of the time? immediately after use or you go through a couple of meals oh it goes into the hamper after it's used immediately yes every time yep okay good for you like actually i use a hand i believe you well here's the other thing like on saturday i was making chili 
right? I was making Cincinnati style chili in my kitchen. You mean Skyline bad chili? No, but it was good. I was making it with bison and turkey. Where'd you get the bison from? I didn't know you were a hunter. Ground bison you can get at the grocery store. I had no idea. Or in Colorado, you can get that sort of thing. Anyhow, so I made it with... When you bi- see Ralphie run, do you think that would look good in a pot? Oh, stop it. Anyway, so I'm having... She needs to gain a little weight first. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> too much. Well, do too, people not think, enough meat do on the bone. Do people think of that when they see Bevo down in Texas? I do. A Longhorn, yeah. I mean, that, I'm going to slather that baby with barbecue sauce and any, break out a knife and fork and a beach towel. Anyhow, so I have these kitchen hand towels, right? And so as I'm going along, sometimes you make a mess, and so I use the hand towels, right? right? Mm-hmm. And then when I was done preparing the meal, that hand towel, right. actually, it went straight in the washer because I was doing a wash load. Yeah. I just turned, I turned, went to the washer, threw it in there. Yeah, that's what I did. The things you didn't know about Andrew Mason that you know now. The life of Mace. I mean, it's, yes. it's, a, it's a rich, full experience, I can tell you that. Oh, I can't wait. By the way, you're coming over for dinner next uh, next Friday, right? Yeah, watch out, world. Just bought a nine-pound. You'll have the college football on, right? During a dinner party? Yes. No. What? No. There's a semifinal. Oh, that's right. Oh, the, you know what? We might have to. Well, not during <laughs> dinner dinner. You turn off the TV during dinner? Yes. Ooh, ooh. Man, I have to think about this one. I'm oh, I just I'm bought a nine-pound rib roast. I can't, I'm kidding. I'll Spent be there. a fortune on it. I'll be there. I'll be there. You don't have to be. I can invite somebody else. No, I'm fine. I'll be there. What time's the game start? Uh, I think it's like at six. At uh, I want to say like at six o'clock. I'm not sure. Maybe earlier. I think we're having dinner at uh, probably about. What time should I have people over? Six thirty or seven? What do you think? Um, New Year's Eve. Uh, I'd say seven, ideally. Yeah, but then it's gonna okay. Well, I'm trying Hang to think. on, I'm going to look it up here. Okay, please do. This is good that we're making our plans live on the radio. We'll talk about it during the break. I appreciate you inviting me. I, well, but know, yeah, I mean, we, yeah. We, I ran out of people to invite. We had to fill an extra trip. Oh, my. Well, you know what? You didn't have to say that. Okay. Um, Georgia, it. Michigan starts at uh, 530 uh, Mountain Time. We will have the game on. Yes. Throughout, whether it's appetizers, whatever, but then we have dinner. How long does dinner take? Like 30 minutes or so? You time it right, it could be half For the time. amount of money that we have spent on liquor <laughs> and dinner, and you're asking me for a time, I tell you what, let's do this. I'll treat you like one of my children, and I'll give you a plate, and you can go into another room. Does that work for you? The no, fact I'm that you're fine. sitting there thinking and considering. In the basement, we have great surround sound. It's fantastic. You can sit down there, ring a bell when you're done. I'll go pick up your plate uh, and clean it for you. This sounds like if I'm in like COVID quarantine or something. Coming up after the break, we teased it. We were supposed to talk about it in this segment. We'll talk about it in the next segment. Vic Fangio said something so puzzling. Uh, during halftime, I was like, did he really just say that? That's next. <laughs> Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. 
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co. All right, since uh, you were at the game and I was not, I had a chance to watch the halftime show, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, while you were stuffing your face with hot dogs, I was watching the CBS Sideline Reporter. I never have press box hot dogs. Why not? I got sick a couple times 21 oh. years ago eating press box hot dogs, okay. and I will never do that ever again. Okay. Right before the start of the third quarter, the CBS Sideline Reporter said he asked Vic Fangio about what the Broncos need to do better offensively in the second half, and this is what he said. Reportedly, the plays are there to be made and they don't need to change their game plan or the scheme. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's one way of throwing your players under the bus. That's another way of protecting Pat Shermer. Clearly, there are problems with play design and play calls. And I'm wondering, even though the defense is great and he's a fantastic defensive coordinator, we know his problems with timeouts. He hoards them like a squirrel hoards nuts for the winter. His game management has been questioned too many times to count. I'm thinking, Vic, are you truly that out of touch about your offense as well? And I'm thinking, this doesn't sound like something a head coach, forget about, should be saying, but a head coach should actually believe. Well... It's all How many points did they have of the half again? I forgot. They had three. So the players were screwing up, but Shermer was doing a brilliant job calling plays. Isn't this part and parcel of a general pattern from Vic Fangio? Yeah. It's it's on the players, it's not on the coaches. He's got a lot he doesn't have he doesn't have a lot at the quarterback position. I mm-hmm. get that. Uh, but he's got a bunch of stud wide receivers, two stud running backs, mm-hmm. a an offensive line that isn't great in pass protection, but they're very good at run blocking. Two pretty good pass catching tight ends. Yeah. yeah. And Pat Shermer is just whistling through the graveyard, doing a great job uh, writing writing things down with his pencil. And anytime I hear the word pencil out of Pat Shermer's mouth, you know what I think? I'd rather jam a pencil in my eye than watch your play designs. If I see one more jet sweep that isn't actually a jet sweep with Jerry Judy, Pat, you're not fooling anyone. You know, for that to work and for that to... You gotta do it once! once. You, have to, you have to, right? Show it! Even if it's, even if it's third and a mile, Jerry just G- show it! Jerry Judy has two carries this year for three yards. They've showed it. That's what Pat would tell you. That's what his pencil would tell you. It's Pat Shermer. Look, the NFL is an old boys network. We get that. Yeah. But even with that, if the Broncos dismiss Pat Shermer, who's going to hire him to be their offensive coordinator slash play caller? Somebody, probably. I'll tell you one thing about the whole pencil routine that you and I are going through. Mm Mm-hmm. When it comes to writing in the coaches' names, his name should be written in pencil because it's going to be erased at the end of the season, if not sooner. Yeah. By the way, just you, to, yeah. Zach uh, Azani, wide receivers coach. Yeah. Mike Munchak, their names are written in in pen. You know, Pat Shermer has been either an offensive coordinator or a head coach 
supervising the offense now for the last 13 years, right? In that time, he has had a top 10 offense just twice. He hasn't had great quarterbacks, though, in his defense. But the only time he's had top 10 offenses were when Chip Kelly was actually calling the plays in Philadelphia. Mm. And he was the offensive coordinator. That that was one heck of an offense for a while. Yeah, the other offenses that he's had, and again, Kelly was calling the plays. The other offenses they supervised 29th, 26th, 29th, 25th. Uh, How many teams are there? What? How many teams are there again in the NFL? Uh, 32. That sounds bottom third to me. Yeah. 29, 26, 29, 25. Right. 28, 11, which was the Case Keenum year right. in Minnesota. 17, 23, 23. And believe it or not, this Broncos offense and total offense ranks 19th. With that. Seems like it should be worse, shouldn't it? You, you were talking about this before the start of the show. Mm-hmm. Fangio's done a tremendous job with this defense. Yes. But is it worth keeping him as the head coach? Because the defense is so good. It's comments like this. The plays are there to be made and they don't need to change their game plan or their scheme. That tells me you are out of touch. The timeout situation, the game management situation, the, uh, the challenge flag situation. He's, you know what? Vic Fangio is a one-trick pony. Man, that trick is really good. But all he can do is that. That's what we're unfortunately learning. Some great minds were not meant to be head coaches. Um, I I think of a story about Monty Kiffin. You've heard of him, right? No. Yeah. Literally, like he is in the Buccaneers ring of honor right. for being a defensive coordinator. His son's a tool, yeah. but Monty's terrific. Yeah, Monty Kiffin is an amazing defensive mind. You could even say the Fangio of his generation. But uh, How about Mon- Dick LeBeau? Yeah. Monty, yeah, Dick LeBeau was briefly a head coach. It didn't work out well. Monty was briefly a head coach at North Carolina State in the early 1980s. And uh, there, there was one game where State was playing North Carolina, and North Carolina was in the top 10 and thought that the start of the second half was a good chance to try an onside kickoff. Right. And... And lost that game that went on a losing streak. It wasn't the same. And uh, so, and sort of the lesson of that and the lesson of many other geniuses in terms of offensive and defensive tactics is some coaches aren't meant to be head coaches in the NFL. Right. Like Wade or, Phillips. Or major college ranks. Yeah. They can be brilliant tactical minds, but right. they're not meant to run the show. The problem is you only find out by them being a head coach. It's the Peter principle. You only find that out when the person is one level above where they should be. Maybe all of the teams that passed on Vic Fangio as their head coach knew something more than John Elway. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? NBA has changed its policies as COVID is hitting a lot of teams. They're going to be allowing teams to make some roster changes that won't affect their cap. And also a little bit of a snafu at the Dolphins game as they tried to get some fans onto the Jumbotron at a special life moment. We'll talk about that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public for your next project, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, the uh, Raiders taking on the Browns right now and just how bad are the Raiders playing? Well, the Browns are beating them and the Browns are ravaged by COVID. Browns are missing one third of their starters. Browns are down to a quarterback who hasn't been on the roster, just got there. That's Nick Mullins. And the Browns are up 14-13. And just intercepted Derek Carr, and now the and and now the Browns are threatening to run out the clock here on the Raiders. It mar- it marginally affects the Broncos' playoff standing uh, that uh, if the Browns do hang on and win this game, but it really does show what kind of team the Raiders are right now and have been, especially since losing Henry Ruggs. And again, this is why I don't think you can dismiss the Broncos getting back in the playoff race somehow because the Raiders are in terrible form. The Chargers the week after that, the Broncos have done well against them, and the Chiefs might be resting their starters. This is, Believe it or not, it's not over yet for the Broncos. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, a Dolphins fan had planned on a Jumbotron proposal at Hard Rock Stadium this weekend. But when the event staff put up the graphic that says, Christine, will you marry me? They then put the camera on where the couple was seated, and he was not in the seat. He's making Um, out with another chick. There's a lot of speculation about where he was, whether it's the bathroom, the concession stand. Allegedly, he may have been just in the hallway waiting for the queue, and the queue was late, so he didn't come out in time. But this is something that's fairly common, the uh, Jumbotron proposal. What are your thoughts and feelings about marriage proposals at sporting events? Terrible. Uh, I've been on the Jumbotron. I've been on the Kiss Camp. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I slipped her a little time. And then the crowd go, whoa! Yeah, the deep for the kiss, the crowd sometimes reacts to it. Well, they did that when I climbed on top of her. You know, the thing that... She um, was my girlfriend at the time. The thing I've always wondered is, what if they happen to focus on a couple on the kiss camp? and Because they, you know, they're just going around the stands, right? right? What if the couple's like brother and sister? There is a video of that where the guy knew that it was a possibility and he had a piece of paper with him that said, she's my sister, <laughs> yes. and uh, showed it when the kiss cam was on the back. That's okay. awesome. Or, you know, what would be even better is if he had the sign say, she's my sister, and they still <laughs> went at it. No, 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 wait. Wait, 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 no, wait. No, if he held up a sign that said, she's my sister, he gives her a big wet kiss and then holds up another sign that says, we're from Alabama. Fine, Mississippi. Mississippi better. West Virginia. Virginia. Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> just go down the list. Right. Uh, just in case you missed it, the NBA and uh, National Basketball Players Association agreed to allow teams to sign replacement players for each positive COVID-19 case on its roster. So if a team is down 
four players to COVID, they can bring in four replacement players. We've got some of the biggest NBA games of the early part of the season coming up with these Christmas Day games. How do you think replacement players are going to impact not only viewership of those games, but the course of this NBA season? I mean, massively. It's, um, you know, you're, you're ba- I mean, the, the one thing the NBA does have is because you have the replacement players, you have, you have a minor league in the G League, so it's relatively seamless to be able to make those moves and bring pl- bring extra players in in terms of at least having people who can kind of run who, who can who can you know run your offense know your de- defense etc but i mean it's certainly if all of a sudden you find out oh it's a christmas day game and you don't have lebron you don't have ad you don't have name your star player it's definitely going to affect the the viewership and the quality of play and the standings yeah the but standings, that, but that's that's just the way it is. I mean, look at this Browns Raiders game. I mean, if the Browns if the Browns lose this game, clearly they would have lost because of all the players they played without, and this is going to have a profound impact on the AFC North race. I mean, this is just kind of what you're dealing with this year. Unfortunate that we are still dealing with all of this, but uh, someday, yeah, someday things will be back mm-hmm. to normal. Just in case you missed it, John Daly and John Daly the second won the PNC Championship. Tiger and Charlie Woods finished in second place. I think that golf is a pretty good sport for fathers and sons to play together and for there to be the opportunity to go professional if your dad is a golfer. But what sport best lends itself to professionals in multiple generations from the same family? I, I don't know if I totally understand the question. Uh, like if, if you're having like the Griffies, there was a father and a son that were both that both made it to oh, professional yeah. baseball. The, the Mannings, there's been a father, two sons, there, there's, but now potentially time. a there, nephew. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily saying at the same time, just from the same family, multiple pros, multiple generations. There, there's a there's a clear winner in all of this, and I and I, I'm going to either be adding a T or missing a T. It's either the the Suter family or the Sutter family in hockey. I thought you were there. Were like five hundred of them? Well, there were a bunch of Howes. Gordy Howe had multiple kids playing. Actually, Gordy Howe and his son Mark Howe were teammates, just like the Griffies were teammates for the Seattle Mariners back in the late nineteen eighties. Hmm. Well, here I'm looking this up right now. Okay, you, the Suter family. You ready for this? Or the Sutter family? Because actually, I covered. One of them, Daryl Sutter, as the coach of the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. First generation, Brian Sutter, Daryl Sutter, Dwayne Sutter, Brent Sutter, Ron Sutter, and Rich Sutter. All played hockey. I believe in the NHL. Well, the other thing is you've got uh, Kyle Fuller part of a, as part of a football family. He has three uh, brothers in the NFL. By the way, second generation Sutters, Sean, Brett, Brandon, Brady, Lucas, and Riley. Mm. I mean, that's a breeding ground. For hockey. Someday you'll be able to have a whole team of Sutters is what you're saying. First and second generation, there are what, 10, 11 of them? That's crazy. All right, that's going to do it for us. Great job today, Alex. Same with you, Danny. Mace, outstanding job as always. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make it the best possible night you can. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. Mountain Forest Products. It's tricky.